0: Hi there! Welcome back. Working on this uh, appeal from A duck to B. It's gonna be kind of like an omnibus. Let's see what's going on. Uh, I wanted to just kind of like distract, uh, you know, distract myself, but I'm also thinking I'm gonna pick up some garbage, and throw away some trash like um uh, hoping to do that at the pima county justice level pima county um injustice system okay trump provided smoking gun against himself judge blew it he admitted it to it judge okay sounds good i can't imagine this cheap vacuum cleaner being
1: manufactured to this extent this is using a brushless motor. I'm nervous. High power, strong Michael Popak, legal AF. Oh, the judge in Colorado was so close to getting the analysis right to ban Donald Trump from the presidential ballot under the Fourteenth Amendment because he engaged in rebellion or insurrection against the Constitution, but then at the last moment in her analysis, after 102 pages. She got it wrong. I'm going to tell you why I believe that that analysis was wrong, even though the big headline is Colorado judge finds that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the Constitution,
0: but still lets him on the the fucking ballot
1: analysis. Michael Popak, Legal AF. Oh, the judge in Colorado was so close to getting the analysis right to ban Donald Trump from the presidential ballot under the 14th amendment because he engaged in rebellion or insurrection against the constitution but then at the last moment in her analysis after 102 pages she got it wrong i'm going to tell you why i believe that that analysis was wrong even though the big headline is colorado judge finds that donald trump engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the Constitution, as prohibited by the 14th Amendment Section 3, which happened after the Civil War in this country, during the Reconstruction period, where Lincoln wanted to find a way for states and former officers, federal officers, to come back to the Union, but only if they took loyalty tests to be loyal to the new Reconstructed Union. And coming out of that was the 14th Amendment uh, Section 3, which provides very specifically who is or who is not disabled or disqualified from running from office again. And so the problem with the judge's analysis is she found insurrection and rebellion against the Constitution by Donald Trump, and she did so in, a, uh, in a, an amazing set of findings some based on the Jan 6 committee report, others based on information and evidence she heard in the courtroom over the two weeks in Colorado. But then we came down to does the 14th Amendment, Section 3, even apply to the president? And she went through a different analysis and she got hung up on the oath of office that both House members, senators take, and the president takes because they're not identical. I'll concede that they're not identical. If you look at Article 6... The oath of office that's taken by that's members of Congress and Article Two, the oath of office taken by the president, they're slightly different in their relationship to the to the Constitution. And why is that important? Because if you if the uh, look at the Article Fourteen analysis, Article Fourteen Section Three says under that oath that no person shall be a senator, a representative, meaning a House member or um, an elector for president or vice president, or hold any office under the United States, okay, who has previously taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same same meaning the Constitution. The oath of office for the president is slightly different when you take it from uh, uh, the, the, the Second Amendment. It says, I swear that I will faithfully execute the office of the presidency and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. Okay, I get it. That's what it says. And if you read the ones for... Congress, theirs is to support the Constitution. But isn't preserving, protecting, and defending the same thing as supporting? Isn't it the uppermost extreme for the apex officer of the United States? He wouldn't just support the Constitution. I don't want a president that just supports the Constitution. I want one as the commander in chief to preserve, protect, and defend, right? The members of the House aren't commanders in chief they don't take up weapons they don't control the military i want a president who preserves protects and defends. but that's still the same as far as i'm concerned as support and there's nothing in the juris in the jurisprudence in the case law that suggests that the oath of office is being slightly different the president wearing the commander-in-chief hat to defend and protect and preserve the Constitution—the last line of defense against that right, that that document, and what it means for our country—and the regular old senator and Congress, with just having to, um, uh, uh, just having to uh, uh, support it, means that. Oh well, therefore article 14 section 3 which only says support must only be referring to people like senators and congressmen it makes that argument i'm sorry judge wallace makes no sense because senators and representatives are mentioned by name already and so all you're left with is federal officers and how do I know that Donald Trump is a federal officer who supports the constitution and took such an oath and therefore is subject to article the uh, uh, 14th amendment because he said that he was a federal officer just recently when he tried to take the case of E. Jean Carroll's rape and defamation case out of state court and try to take it to federal court he used the federal Officer Removal Statute and the judge there, even though he rejected the removal, acknowledged that the president is a federal officer under 28 U.S.C. 1442. So we have in recent history, Judge Wallace, a position taken by Donald Trump that he should not be allowed to controvert now. Right? He shouldn't be able to shapeshift in front of you and say, well, I was, a, I was a federal officer for federal officer removal, but I'm not a federal officer for the 14th Amendment. I mean that is ridiculous and it's also I believe a fundamental misreading and I think she did a great job on 100 102 pages over 2 weeks But I have to falter on this analysis that led her to say, sorry, he is an insurrectionist and rebellious person. He did engage in that against the Constitution, but because he's the defender, preserver, and protector of the Constitution, (laughs) I find the 14th Amendment is vague. I can't figure it out about whether uh, support is the same thing as preserve, protect, and defend. Look, this was the argument that I thought was ridiculous when it was raised raised by Donald Trump's uh, brief, but this is the one that she latched on to to sort of punt the ball at the end right at the moment where you think okay 101 100, pages of analysis going in the right direction got it insurrection rebellion all right i'm with you judge oh it doesn't apply to the president because the oaths are different come on come on she doesn't even reference yeah, the did, fact, because I guess it wasn't raised yeah, there, and she could have taken judicial notice, that Donald Trump declared himself to be a federal officer, right? Which already gets you halfway there under the 14th Amendment analysis. Because if he's a federal officer, then you just got to say, isn't the equivalency of preserve, protect, and defend the exact same thing as, as support? What is a support? That's the lower level. He has to do even more. So now she's created a rebellious president exception to the fourteenth Amendment. That is not I mean, if you if we were to zoom with Abe Lincoln or do a seance and ask him, So are you okay with a rebellious insurrection participant president running for office again under the insurrection act? I think you get a pretty quick answer. No. That's why we, we started to list. Now I'm talking about like Abe Lincoln. That's why we started to list the officers and the House and the senators. But then we had a broad provision that said if you're anybody else who's a federal officer who's taken an oath concerning the Constitution of the United States, you're going to be unable to run for office unless Congress takes away that disability. And the reason that that was in there is because. If you swore an oath to a state constitution, they were less concerned about that, right? This is Reconstruction period in American history. This is the period of time where the North defeated the South and slavery was at, it was held in the balance about where that would be allowed or not. Um, and so that's what they bought that war over. So from 1866 to 1877 you know, Lincoln and post-Lincoln, they're trying to put the union back together again. And they had a series of loyalty tests and loyalty oaths that were required. Lots of bills. This is one. This 14th Amendment is one of more than a dozen bills nationally that were proposed and or passed during that time period for loyalty tests to be enacted to make sure that whoever was coming back through the union front door, coming home, right, was a loyalist. And that was the only way to do it. This was the litmus test. This is another example of it. What happened? Really, it's
0: uh, freezing. So, thanks for... 284k, by the way, even if it's all law enforcement trying to stay one step ahead of me. Um, just like closed for some reason. They don't want me to hear this. They don't want you to hear this either federal judge shuts down pathetic Trump motion and calls his lawyers out.
1: If you want to prepare for the gas shortages in winter and save big on energy bills, then you need to hear this. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, and a new ruling, a federal judge has ruled that there is nothing prejudicial to mm-hmm. Donald Trump to have his indictment in the D.C. election interference case uh, talk about and mention the Jan 6th insurrection and attack on the Capitol. Yes, you heard me right. You might be thinking to yourself, well, of course, the Jan 6 insurrection is relevant to the DC election interference conspiracy case against Donald Trump. He caused it. We all know that from the Jan 6 committee and its report and all the hearings that they had and the evidence that we know, and basically our own eyeballs watching the video of the speech on the ellipse. And then pointing that fomented crowd out of control, manic crowd at the Capitol by Donald Trump and then telling them he was going to lead the charge as he ran the other way to the White House. Um, So we know that. So the fact that the indictment mentioned it is not news. And it's not prejudicial. And the judge has ruled because Donald Trump made a series of motions a couple of weeks ago. We talked about all four of them. And one of them was a motion to strike inflammatory allegations. Oh my, the Jan 6th insurrection was mentioned. And that's not even part of the indictments, conspiracy charges against Donald Trump. Why is it in there? Take it out, judge. It's prejudicial, it's not relevant. Judge said, you don't meet the standard. For having that information struck. First of all, under the law, the
0: only reason he's not in because of, the of every federal court. Has it in order to
1: have allegations away. of an indictment or a lawsuit stricken, it has to be both irrelevant and highly prejudicial. You have to meet both tests. You have to get over both hurdles. Donald Trump didn't get over any of the hurdles. First thing that in a three-page. The withering order by the judge I have here that she said is, let's put aside relevancy for a minute. You have to show both irrelevancy and that it's highly prejudicial. And you don't do any of that. In fact, all you do, and I'll I'll quote from the, the order in a minute, all you do, Trump lawyers, according to the judge, is that you make your own inflammatory and unsupported allegations in your briefing but on the on the one spot where you had to tell me what is inflammatory and prejudicial You spend one paragraph on it, and you don't even get that right. And so for those grounds, it stays in the indictment. And it stays in the indictment for another major reason the judge reminded them, which is the indictment is not evidence, and the indictment is not going to the jury. The jury doesn't get a copy of the indictment. Some people might think that's strange. But in civil practice and criminal practice, the pleadings, this case, in criminal court, the indictment doesn't generally go to the jury. The jury gets instructed on the law, it gets instructed about the counts of the indictment. You know, these are the four counts for criminal conspiracy against Donald Trump for obstruction and election interference. Here are the elements of those counts. Here's what has to be shown under jury instructions. But the, the facts that were alleged in the indictment have to show up in court. Through witnesses and documents and evidence, it, it, you know you can't just hand the judge, the, the jury, the indictment. Here's the indictment. Follow along. <laughs> it's the burden is on the prosecution to show beyond a reasonable doubt with with testimony. Here, here's here's some novelness, novelty, making up words. Now. Novelty for the Trump side. You gotta try your case inside of a courtroom. Now I'm doing the Biden whisper. You gotta be inside the wood paneling of a courtroom with a judge up on a bench and a jury in a box. And you gotta actually put on evidence. You can't try your case in the street or on social media, right? Or in rallies. That's not evidence, okay? Evidence is what goes on inside the four walls of the courtroom and in front of the bench, in front of the bar, okay? So the judge said, it's not indictment, it doesn't even go to the jury. The prosecutors have to bring in live witnesses, transcripts, testimony, documents, evidence, circumstantial you know, demonstrative, whatever it's going to be, the burden is on them. On the scales of justice, it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt. That is that unique standard of burden that the prosecutors have. So they can't rely and lean on the indictment. doesn't matter how detailed the indictment is. The indictment is to give notice, proper notice to the defendant of what the case is against him or her before the trial. And for the public to understand the public charges before a trial. It's then up to the... Um, to the prosecutors to prove their case and bring in the evidence. That's why there can't be prejudice about what's mentioned in the indictment because the indictment is not going to the jury. Now, what we're going to see to anticipate the next move of the checkers playing Trump lawyers as the prosecutors are playing like four-level chess is they're going to make a motion in limine to limit, if you will, to preclude certain references before the trial to the Jan 6 insurrection. We just got a preview because they want it stricken from the indictment. And now we're going to see later, as we get closer to the trial in March, motion practice they're going to bring, obviously, to try to get rid of references to Jan 6. Now, some people might be scratching their head saying, isn't Jan 6 at the heart of the entire criminal case? And the reality is that it is not. It was the heart. It was like the sixth step in the chain, sixth link in the chain by the Jan 6 committee. Argue when all else failed, and Donald Trump's you know attacks on elected officials, attacks on election officials, uh, calling people f- looking for fraud. You know, using fake electors, going after, you know, uh, uh, Mike Pence and the pressure campaign on Mike Pence. And then when all else failed, he tried to blow up the Capitol to stop the peaceful transfer of power. That was Jan 6. It was a little more artfully done in the indictment, although there's been a little bit of a, I think, a change in approach by Jack Smith. He didn't make... As part of an element of one of the crimes, or part of the facts supporting an element that there was the Jan. 6th insurrection was caused by or uh, by Donald Trump. Instead, he was more nuanced. He said that Trump and his supporters used right used the distraction and the diversionary tactic of the Jan. 6th event without laying blame on their feet to accomplish certain other tasks. Right. So it was very subtle. One of the reasons we speculate here on Legal AF uh, that the, the Jack Smith did that is to avoid any argument of either double jeopardy or an argument now being raised by Donald Trump that the, the Senate and the House and the impeachment process and the trial of Donald Trump on Jan 6 already absolved him of things related to Jan 6 because, of course, the Republican controlled at the time Senate didn't convict him of the impeachment, which is the, a form of indictment. In the house of Donald Trump by the House managers who were democratically appointed or get democratically elected, and so to avoid that whole problem about who caused Jan. Six, it was Donald Trump. Already tried on that that issue already. They just skirted it, mentioned it in the indictment because, of course, you it, know it, it, how do you ignore, you know. The, on the Capitol, the cradle of democracy, by followers of the guy that just gave the speech and pointed them at the direction with armed, not, and without having to go through magnetometers, and without being disarmed, pointed them at his political foes and adversaries, which are known as D's, Democrats. How do you avoid that? You can't. And that's what the judge said. Let me read to you from her order. Temo's Black Friday deals are now live. <laughs> It's short, and it's sweet. It's to the point. What we like about Judge Chuck here on the Midas Touch Network. Um, Defendant, this is on the first page of her order. Defendant has filed a motion to strike. The motion asks the court to strike certain paragraphs, 10d and 105 through 113 of the indictment. And then she repeats them. Why not? She has an opportunity to. Those paragraphs allege that on Jan 6th, quote, defendant and co-conspirators which are not charged in the case are unnamed co-conspirators repeated knowingly false claims of election fraud to gathered supporters falsely told them that the Vice President had the authority to and might alter the election results and directed them to the Capitol to obstruct the certification proceeding and exert pressure on the Vice President to take the fraudulent actions he had previously refused and that after the supporters quote broke through barriers cordoning off the Capitol grounds they violently attacked law enforcement officers and breached the building, defendant Trump, quote, refused to issue a calming message aimed at the rioters and instead issued a tweet intended to further delay and obstruct the certification, attacking Mike Pence for failing to halt the certification proceedings indictment. After that description, the court said, I'm going to deny the motion to strike these allegations and then goes into the federal rule that governs in this area, because as I tell my my, uh, young associates who work for me, first thing you gotta do is understand the rules of the road and the owner's manual for the case that you're in. What is the rules of criminal procedure? What are the chamber rules for the judge? What are the local rules for the district that you are in? pull those, understand them, dog-ear them, learn them, they are your friend. And here, right away, we have the judge saying, Rule 7D of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure, only...
0: Again, they don't want you to hear this stuff. This is called Federal Judge Shuts Down Pathetic Trump Motion Calls His Lawyers Out. Don't want me to learn from this. It's really weird. Falsely told them. Dang, man it's pretty vicious they're so vicious you're so vicious Pima County attorney's office just fucking mind your own business let's just let me uh get, dig myself out of this hole that you put me in of course they don't want me to dig myself out of this hole they put me in You be my lawyer question mark HMU Too sentimental Baby Blue Continental Even if it's old junk it's still rocky roll to me in a magazine. And a fried orange pair of pants. Well, you yeah. could really be a ball bomber, baby, if you just give it half a chance. Good to do... <laughs> said speakers, you get four mileage from the cheap, said speakers. Anyway, still rock food. so i said hey michael thanks for all you do and thank you for your service i'm learning so much from you that they shut this down so i can't hear it will you be my lawyer hmu it's still freezing like three spots (laughs) wow Oh, my...